Yes, that's right, guys. He's back. After three long years, our old pal Mitch Grinter is returning to Four Finger Discount, where he and I, we're going to be picking up where we left off. Yes, starting from the beginning of Season 11, Mitch and Dando will once again be discussing all things Simpsons, as well as catching up on everything we've missed out on these last couple of years. Our new show, it launches this Monday on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. So if you want all new Mitch and Dando in your ears each and every month, you can support the show at patreon.com slash discount. But for now, enjoy the show. Wait, 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 wait. How come at Builder's Barn I saw Homer talking to thin air? Well, that... Hmm. I can answer that. I've been dragging a tear in the fabric of space-time, which combined with airborne pieces of metal at Builder's Barn to create a miniature black hole. This anomaly interposed itself between Homer and Bart, causing a gravitational lens, which absorbed the light reflected from Ray the Roofer. That seems... feasible. Yeah! <laughs> Wait, there's still one last thing that doesn't make sense. Why did you start fixing our roof and then just disappear? That's easy. I'm a contractor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you're all crooks. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're all crooks. It's true. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where one of us is in fact an imaginary friend. This week we are here to review episode GABF10. It is Don't Fear the Roofer. I am Dando. I am Guy. Dando is very real. I'm kind of imaginary, I think. Nicola always says to me, I see you talking to somebody, but there's no one on the other end on the other end. Like it, it's making us it, it's 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 making us money, so I'm going with it, but whatever. <laughs> Yet somehow you're funneling, you know, bits and pieces of that money out and it's, uh, yeah, ending up in your imaginary friend's account. Um, I don't know. Do better by yourself. But I've created a persona called Guy Davis, which is like my personal, like, secret bank account where I can spend it on just movies and shit. So that's Good that. idea. Good plan. <laughs> yeah. Keep going with that one in the future. That's, a, that's an absolute winner. How are you, sir? It's Halloween weekend. Very exciting weekend for all of us uh, horror lovers. It is indeed. It's a nice spooky time. Uh, I think I imagine it's better when you have young children who are sort of starting to get a grasp on, ooh, it's a time of year when you can dress up in costumes and go around and strangers will give you lollies. That sounds marvellous. I mean, um, that'd be fantastic for a kid and and fantastic for a parent You've been doing that for 30 years, right? Well, that's true. I mean, I don't even wait for October the 31st to do that. I just knock on strangers' doors and say, give me a Mars bar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and invariably, they'll do it just to get rid of me. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so is your dollar thirty buying a Mars bar? Win win. It's it, it's an absolute win win. Uh, I had a very nice Halloween. Thank you. I, I one thing I did last night. We're recording this on the first of November. Everybody, the day after oh, Halloween. It is pinching a punch, mate. <laughs> With the pinching and the punching, um, I went over to visit my good friend Steve. Steve mm. loves Halloween. Um, the Netflix uh, movie Hubie Halloween was probably based on Steve because he just um, he goes all out. He bought all manner of uh, Halloween decorations for his yard and his house. He packed something like a hundred goodie bags of lollies for the um, wow. for the 
children and young and young at heart of uh, his neighbourhood. He got rid of something like 80 of them as well. I mean, and this wasn't just, you know, um, going down to Woolies and getting a fun-sized bag of, um, you know... Fritos. Peanut, bra- <laughs> peanut brownie Snickers or something like that. He actually got Halloween-themed candies. So he went all out. I mean, and you could see him... I mean, in the short time that I was there last night, there were still people coming in, some in costume, some as not, just saying, trick-or-treat, and... Steve just handing it out. All the while, his spooky Halloween playlist is, uh, you know, booming out over the speakers. It it brought a, brought a small glow to my heart, the way, you know, like Christmas does for the Grinch. So it was, it was very nice. Well, see, for me, I've always loved the idea of Halloween. And it's always disappointed me that in Australia, we've never really embraced it. And it, it felt like it was sort of about to kick off, I reckon, about five years ago. And then it just sort of just disappeared again. You, you barely pandemic. saw any Halloween decorations. Maybe it was the pandemic. Who knows? But then, obviously, it probably was the pandemic. played a big role in it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But this year, with Alia, he's old enough now. He's four. He's excited. He dresses up in his Spider-Man costumes, blah, blah, blah. He's watching Halloween shit on TV. So he's just like, I want a trick or treat. I want a trick or treat. And I'm like, all right, kid, let's do it. But don't you know, don't get too excited because no one does it around here. Uh, we went out and there was kids everywhere it was awesome it felt like we we're in like the states it was just like it was it was odd but it was just sort of like our couple of streets so it was almost like a little community and everyone exactly. embraced it and everyone had their candy out but word of advice for everyone if you're going to do the whole giving candy out to the kids don't just leave your bowl out the front and say please take one because those little kids will not just take one no no so <laughs> so many times we're walking past houses and it's like please take one is a bowl bowl's empty i'm like you would have put this out five minutes ago and is this kid because there's kids running around with just buckets full and I'm like where do you kids get all this from obviously they've been raiding the shit yeah. but then we had a post we have like this little Facebook group of like the um the estate and they're like these teenagers were going around and <laughs> raiding the bowls and I'm like well you were stupid enough to put a bowl of candy at the front of your house what do you expect was going to happen do not trust children around candy no do not do not trust human beings around candy full mm-hmm. stop it's, they're going to take everything they can but um, it was a great time Elliot dressed up as Spider-Man I dressed up in my big Scooby-Doo mascot costume that I got it looks like a legit costume from like Movie World or whatever right wow so the problem was I spent more time taking photos with the kids and giving high fives of kids that I'd never met before than actually taking Elliot around trick-or-treating everyone's oh. like Scooby Scooby I want a photo and I'm like god damn it kids I just want to go <laughs> trick-or-treating with my kid <laughs> And every time the kids are walking up, Elliot's like, it's not Scooby-Doo. It's just my dad in a costume. I'm like, kid, don't kill the illusion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you should have worded it up before you left. But uh, look, this is the price you pay for being king of the kids, Dando. Oh, man, that's exactly right. And is that a good thing, though, being king of the kids? I don't think it's got the same cachet that it used to. There was, there was no. a time when, you know, if you were like the cool uncle or something like that, it's like, oh, king of the kids. Oh, you know, yeah, guy will entertain the kids. It's like... I don't know if we should trust Guy around the kids. Why does he want to be king of the kids so much? Why is he embracing this role? <laughs> Why are you embracing those kids? Uh, but I just want to throw a shout out, by the way, to our friends over at the Simpsons headquarters because they released a tree of horror 33 on the weekend and mm-hmm. it was everything and more that we expected. Uh, Matt Salmon spoke to us, was it last week? No, it wasn't last week, it was the week before, pumping it up, oh. saying how hard they've worked on this and it's going to be one of the best Treehouse of Horrors in a long time, and it really was. It honestly felt like, going back to the 90s, it felt like 90s Treehouse of Horror. You had a really great, uh, uh, ba- is it Babadook or Babadook? Babadook. Babadook, yes, a parody uh, called the, uh, the Pookadook which was really mm-hmm. good. You had the Death Note parody, which was the second one, which everyone was raving about, the anime Simpsons. And it ended with Simpsons World, the one written by Matt Salmon that we discussed, yes. which featured two super fans from Australia, which uh, <laughs> Matt Salmon says 
were uh, inspired by yours truly, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> I was very pleased that, uh, that I actually got hair. In, in the <laughs> Simpsons like, universe, my, my male pattern baldness has been reversed. Hurrah! It's <laughs> like, you guys don't look obnoxious, so we have to make you guys look obnoxious because the character's meant to be obnoxious. But in, in spirit, it's you guys. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Matt Selman. Thank you, Maestro Matt. Much, much appreciated. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so sit, check out Treehouse of Horror at 33. I believe it'll be on our TV screens in Australia on Disney Plus in two weeks from to, uh, from this week. Mm. So not not so we're, we're releasing this on the Thursday. So if you listen to this on the free feed, it'll be next week, I believe, in Australia. Um, so make sure you check out that. Or however you find your Simpsons new episodes, make sure you check out that one. And <laughs> no I judgment here, up, however you find it. <laughs> exactly. And I actually put up a video on our YouTube channel. You can check it out, youtube.com slash TV or just fourfingerdiscount uh, is, is the um, is the little tag, is our username. I put up a video that goes through, I went and watched a bit the um, the Simpsons world and found every classic Simpsons reference in that segment that I could find. And there were so many. It was a, a really, a real, a lot of fun. So check out that video. It's already had like 15,000 views. It's put, mm. put up a couple of clips from the, the, um, the Death Note parody as well. One of those has already had nearly a million views. So... Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. It's gone bananas this week, and we're going to be putting up. I'm going to be putting up videos each and every week on that channel. So, uh, YouTube.com/slash Four Finger Discount TV. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on that channel and support the show, Mr. Davis. All right, I believe it's time we get into Don't Fear the Roofer. Uh, this episode gets a lot of hate. I this was always one of the ones that I remember really enjoying. It was always one of my favorites. I. I know the ending is whack and it's ridiculous, but I just really enjoyed Homer having a best friend. That was very sweet, wasn't it? And excellent casting, yeah, as well with our with our pal Ray Romano. Yeah, I mean he did a, a fantastic job. He really did. So um, I I don't understand why this episode would be hated. I mean, it's name look, it's it's not vintage, it's not a classic, but it's a a good fun. 20-something minutes of uh, shenanigans and antics and, you know, a bit of mistaken identity stuff. There are some bits that don't really, no. that uh, feel a bit, eh, I don't know, that doesn't quite play. Well, the thing is, that the, the big thing is, for me, and I remember even thinking this when I first watched it, was that I get the whole, like, the guy with the eye patch couldn't see Ray, blah, 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 right? But you couldn't hear him? <laughs> That's yeah, true. Probably not paying that much attention. <laughs> but it's like, and did, wouldn't you have served him a drink? <laughs> doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm willing to put things like that aside. It does. Uh, like, it's it's weird. I had this weird relationship with continuity and uh, and suspending my disbelief. This one, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief because I enjoyed the episode overall. I thought, like you said, Ray Romano did a good job. To me, though, what I say to some people is. Because there was one of my friends that said, oh, I, don't, I hate this one because the ending at the end, the explanation from Stephen Hawking is just ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, but you also accepted that Maggie shot Mr. Burns. So, and you also accepted that Leonard Nimoy just disappeared. So, and this is precisely why I mean, th- my very last note about this episode written down is, oh, that's why you cast Stephen Hawking. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, what a random inclusion that is having at Lenny's surprise birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> but it. I don't want to jump ahead to our, our uh, favourite parts of this episode, but quite honestly, the recurring appearances by Stephen Hawking on The Simpsons is one of my favourite things. Yeah, he <laughs> always does a great job, doesn't he? Here, it is, here is one of the most brilliant minds in the world. Here is a man who was, you know, 
I won't say overcome great physical adversity, but, you know, he's... Oh, he yeah. 100% did. Yeah, this physical adversity is certainly you know, a big part of his life. And the dude just wants to be on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a man who wrote a book called A Brief History of Time. Wow. <laughs> like, can you imagine the balls of the people at Simpsons age? He was like, do you think he'd do it? I wonder, do you think, do we, can we get Stephen Hawking on the show? <laughs> you know, then you, you make the calls, you find out, and you finally get, yes, I would like to be on The Simpsons. <laughs> he answers his phone, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you have reached Stephen Hawking. By the way, this is not us taking the piss. Nothing but the utmost, utmost, utmost respect for Stephen and like, Hawking. And this is, his, this is his second of three appearances on the show, I believe. Yeah, what a lord. And he comes on and he just, you know, it's clear that uh, no one's taking the piss out of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Everyone's just so stoked to have him there. And he just really fits into the whole Springfield milieu as well. He's just, you know, he's ripping on Homer. He's just having a great time. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to have jumped ahead and say my favourite thing about this episode, but my favourite thing about this episode is that Stephen Hawking showed up. Yeah. Hey, my favourite. Okay, well, I've played the intro now, so now we can probably get, probably get into the favourite moments. So was that your top favourite moment? Did you have any other moments that you want to discuss before I get into what I liked? Because I, uh, I, I, there's a couple <laughs> moments from that scene as well that I really enjoyed, so I want to get into those. But what, what have you got for us? I, I think I've really just covered it by saying, yay, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Although, you know, just good guest stars this episode because yeah, I really like Ray Romano and I really like my man Steve. Ray Romano, he used to cop a lot of flack from just being very mundane and whatnot, but that's his character. Like, he's just playing a shtick, you know? It really is. And, I mean, I, I'm assuming he was like a stand-up. 100% was a stand-up. Yeah, and, and a lot of the stand-up he did was gags used on the TV show because if you watch the um okay. the behind-the-scenes featurettes on the DVD so it's close to be a big Raymond fan, you watch that and it's like you see snippets of him doing stand-up and then you see him doing those exact bits on the actual Raymond TV show. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, this was the era when, there then when um, if you got up on an open mic night or you went down, you you know, you're doing your tight five at the Chuckle Hut and someone said, ooh, you know, that guy seems funny and not unappealing. Tim Allen? Let's give him a show. Another one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's give him a show where he, you know, does his thing or does or does their Seinfeld. Or does her thing. Pretty much the case. Um, what I really dig, though, is that Ray Romano, and you're right, I think a lot of people are like, everybody loves Raymond, oh my God, talk about the most basic show ever. But I don't know, I mean, I think a few people have got to like it if it ran for as many years as it did. But then after that, Ray Romano, not reinvents himself, but he sort of evolves into, you know, being a bit of a character actor. The guy worked with like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese and The Irishman. It's That was one of my favourite things of recent years, because... He's really good in it. And you can just tell that he's stoked to be sharing scenes with Robert De Niro and not be like, <laughs> it's like have you have you ever seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure? No, I've never you know, the- I've never seen anything Pee-wee related. <laughs> There's one of my favorite bits from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. They make a movie about his big adventure and he has a cameo in it. But you know he's got his Pee-wee Herman voice. But they've got him doing like a cameo scene in the movie within a movie and they really dub it so it's like Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, come to the front desk, please. It's not like that where it's like, oh, we've got Ray Romano up against the best actors in the world. Ugh, good one, Ray. He's in it and he's really, really good. So I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm a, I've come around to Ray, shall I say, even though I'm not an Everybody Loves Raymond fan. Guy loves Raymond, even if he doesn't love Everybody Loves Raymond. Plus kids, he gave kids money from Ice Age. <gasps> There's that too. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, it's funny with Everybody Loves Raymond. I really enjoyed the simplicity of that show. That's a show where 
if you're in like a relationship, like the, the classic mother-in-law being annoying to the wife or because usually yeah. it's the mother-in-law hates the husband. It's, that's usually, I feel like Raymond was the first one that yeah. I can remember where it was reversal, where it was against the wife. And just, you know, Peter Boyle in that show, what an absolute legend. He was just like made <laughs> for that role. Oh, from what I've seen of it, yeah, I've watched a whole lot of it, but what I've seen, I've enjoyed of him. And and Brad Garrett as well, I thought was really Yeah, great. just it, what it was, is it was just everyday mundane life. And they very rarely ventured away from the house. It was always sort of just this it's a similar setup nearly every time, but they just managed to just appeal to everybody because I feel like that was the last true family, like classic 60s style mm. comedy, like sitcom. Yeah, Big Bang Theory. I think like Big, Th- Big Bang Theory for me was the last sort of uh, in front of a studio audience hit sitcom. Yeah. But Raymond to me was your last old school, like your Cosby shows and your, your family, family ties, sitcom, that kind yeah. of thing, where it's just like your 70s style family sitcom. Raymond was the last true one of those. And I, I miss them. I think that's why I, I sort of gravitate towards Raymond because I'm like, bring back more of this. It's funny. I was reading something about this the other day. Um, I don't watch, there's a sitcom called Abbott Elementary that apparently is very, very popular. It's airing here on Disney Plus, okay. airing in Australia on Disney so Plus. So in front of a studio audience? Uh, no, not in front of a studio okay. audience. I mean, it's it's kind of a, it's one of those multi-camera sitcoms. That to me is not a sitcom. That's a, you know what I mean? That to me is just a comedy. Yeah, it's not but a it's, sitcom. Yeah. But, true. But it is more of a, it is a, it is a sitcom. It's, it's a modern day, it's not, it's a modern it's day a, sitcom. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. But, uh, and it's popular at one Emmys and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's not necessarily the flavour of the month. It's not going to be on magazine covers like, say, House of the Dragon or, you know, Rings of Power or something like that. But shows like that that are on commercial TV and, are, you know, basic comfort food sitcoms are still, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, TV's kind of dead and streaming is the way it's at. It still rates like crazy, still makes money hand over fist for the people involved in it. So it's like, eh, I think there's still actually a market for comfortable sitcoms, something where you can just sort of, and the, the maker of the show, Quinta Brunson, basically said, yeah, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't taking cues from Twitter on how to make a comedy. I was watching comedies. Yeah. And that, and people are responding to that. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's like, I want a good comfy slippers <laughs> sitcom. Yeah, there, there's definitely- <laughs> And a, everybody loved Raymond was that. Yeah, absolutely. there definitely is a spot open now where, because I was talking to Nicola the other day and I'm flicking through like Netflix and things. And I said, there's nothing here- that I feel like I can sit down and watch with the kids. Like, there's there's no there's sitcoms in here that I feel like they're all... Because Elliot wouldn't understand the multi-angle thing. It'd be, it'd be like, distracting. He'd be like, what's going on? You wouldn't understand the breaking the fourth wall and all that kind of shit. So I think it's time that... Just take a punt and make that in front of a live studio. There was something about hearing that this show was filmed in front of a live studio <laughs> audience. Live studio like, audience. If, if I heard that, I'd be like, ah, oh, yes. This is what I want. But anyway, um, everybody loves Raymond. And I do like that little joke at the end of the episode about... About Raymond as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Catch it while you can, because it was nearly finished, obviously. So, I really enjoyed it. So, they were hanging shit on Homer at Moe's because he ruined the surprise party. But And I felt sorry for Homer because he really didn't do anything wrong. But I, oh. I just love how he tried to sit on the chair. I make a cake shaped like a Lenny's favourite chair and you go and sit on it. <laughs> I, just really like that. I just thought that was so, so stupid, but so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, man. And had a great payoff as well with the um, <laughs> Mo getting the spatula. Who wants ass for us? <laughs> Wasn't Hawking on Atkins diet at that point? Or yeah, that's a, not for me. I'm on Atkins. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time now for some trivia. But that means it is also time mm. for some shout outs 
of our $20 patrons because we love them oh so dearly, starting with our man, Andrew Zerr, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Jordan Moleman Ritchie, Pete Anderson, Christopher Darby, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you guys so much for being $20 patrons of the Four Finger Discount Network. Your support is much appreciated and helps us grow this little uh, this little dream, doesn't it, Mr. Davis? This little dream is getting bigger and bigger by the day. It sure is. I might have is. to buy a new house to, so I can have room for it. <laughs> Also, shout-outs to the latest members of the Four Finger Discount family, starting with, I want to say, so it's it's spelled O-I-S-I-N. Is that Oisin? Ison? Because we mm. say Oi, and it's spelled O-I. So this is O-I-S-I-N. I think we're going to go with Oisin. Oisin Gregorian. <laughs> Thank you, Oisin Gregorian, for joining the family. Also, shout-outs to Daniel Jeffries, uh, Sally Kimberly, Josh Sarian, Chris Clark, and Nathan Briggs. Oh, and one more. It's just come through as I was just going into my emails here. Mr. Seth Weens, thank you for jumping on board the Four Finger Discount bandwagon as well. There we go, Mr. Davis. Our family is ever growing. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys for um, for <laughs> joining and supporting the show on Patreon and hope you enjoy all the exclusive bonus podcasts that you get there as a result. We will sure catch you guys on Zoom next week. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia for Don't Fear the Roofer. My first question for you is... How many years planning was the surprise party for Lenny? Six years. Six years. Your first question. <laughs> <laughs> my second question, actually, because my first question mm-hmm. is, what kind of crackers does Bart plan to? What was he planning to serve at his homework party? Damn, I did not pay attention to that. What was it? They were a box of Ritzy crackers. Ritzy. Okay. What is on the billboard that Homer points at? He says, "This is why I bought the house for a view of this billboard." What's on there? Oh, um, is it? It's uh, Krusty brand cereal. It's Krusty Flakes, yeah, Krusty cereal. And do Krusty you know Flakes, what the tagline yeah. was? <laughs> it's, oh, it's something that's incredibly bad for him. Something like it's a bowl of sugar in every bowl or something. Like, like eating a birthday cake for breakfast. That's unusual. <laughs> Which you know, nothing wrong with that. No, uh, but what's the earliest you've had dessert or like like a, a cake or a treat of some kind like that? I have had it for breakfast on Christmas. occasions when there's... Yeah, I mean, I haven't gone out and bought a cake especially no. to have for breakfast. But if there's some Although, there, it's like, oh, just, just a little nibble. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I might as well get a jump on morning tea. <laughs> <laughs> get a head start. I'm going to make myself a cup of coffee and, okay, a little bit, a little bit of that sweet stuff. <laughs> yeah. Christmas morning. I, I always have chocolate on Christmas morning. I think it's just ritual. You have to, don't you? Yeah. yeah, it's the day. It's the day you treat yourself. Tis the day for it. Uh, is it my question to you? It is. Yes. Um, where is Knockers located? Oh, ah, I should know that because it's on the T-shirt. Nah, I wasn't. Ah, damn it. Um, um, is it Fort something? Fort something? It is actually Route ninety eight. Route ninety eight. All right. My final question is: Who was the previous hardware store owner? And he was taken over, and then he ends up hanging himself. Oh, no. 
Uh, that bit I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten. Homer was telling it to Bart the story. He goes, oh, there used to be this guy used to have a hardware store, but then this one came and put him out of business. And then he hung himself. I remember the story, but I don't remember the name. I'm sorry, you, you, you've won this round. It was Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson. Old man Johnson. <laughs> uh, a question for you. How long did the teen, the squeaky voice teen, have to get ready for prom? Uh, 45 minutes. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, go on. Any more questions you for me it. before we wrap this up? All right, one last one. What mm-hmm. is the name of the um, mental hospital where Homer is ah, uh, institutionalized? What's the one? So it'd be Calmwood, right? Calmwood. Mm, that's the one that Flanders was taken to. Ah. After he lost his mind <laughs> in Hurricane Nettie. All right, that is trivia for Don't Fear the Roofer. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our in-depth review of the episode. Yes, that's right, guys. He's back. After three long years, our old pal Mitch Grinter is returning to Four Finger Discount, where he and I, we're going to be picking up where we left off. Yes, starting from the beginning of Season 11, Mitch and Danda will once again be discussing all things Simpsons, as well as catching up on everything we've missed out on these last couple of years. Our new show, it launches this Monday on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. So if you want all new Mitch and Dando in your ears each and every month, you can support the show at patreon.com slash discount. But for now, enjoy the show. The original air date of Don't Fear the Roofer was May 1st, 2005. It was written by Kevin Curran and directed by the legendary Mark Kirkland. Uh, there was no chalk gag, but the catch gag was... I enjoyed the catch gag this week, the jigsaw puzzle. I like that one Swapping too, pieces yeah. around to get, the, uh, to get the right one. It, it tends to happen a lot when I'm doing a jigsaw puzzle. The second to third last piece you put in, you're like... This is looks like it's supposed to go here. Why isn't it going? Oh, it goes over there. <laughs> oh, I do enjoy doing a jigsaw. I haven't done one for a long time. I remember doing them a lot during uh, lockdown because there was nothing else to do, I guess. But hmm. are you a jigsaw man? Not for a very long time. I did. I did a few when I was a younger man. Um, no, it, it look. It feels like something that you know. Ten years from now, I'll be like, I might become a jigsaw puzzle guy. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get um, custom ones made for family members for Christmas. It cost like $35. You can send them the photo and they make a jigsaw puzzle out of it. So that was always oh. a really good gift to give to the oldies in the family. But anyway, the episode kicks off Mr. Davis, Don't Fear the Roofer, with what can you remember? Oh, it's actually quite relatable. So we're currently going through somewhat of a rain <laughs> fucking pandemic, not pandemic, just a rainstorm here. All, it's like a constant <laughs> rainstorm here at the moment, isn't it? It's just crazy. It, barely a day has passed without some spots of rain. Sometimes yeah. heavy, sometimes not, but it is all wet all the time. It's usually like my birthday or our birthdays, I should say, is like the kickoff mm. of the nice season. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. A couple of days of rain here and there, but it's usually quite nice. It's just rain. Go away. Yeah. Come again another day, you, please. Usually, <laughs> that's Dando's version of the nursery rhyme. Rain, <laughs> rain, fuck off. <laughs> um, but no, D- Dando was correct that, you know, Dando and I are usually the harbingers of a nicer time of year, mm. <laughs> you know. When when Dando and Guy turn another year older, it's it's like Groundhog Day. It's like, oh, the weather's going to be nicer now. The flowers so, yeah, bloom right. and that's, the fruit that's, starts that's, growing. That's our gift to you. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Except this year we've, we've, we've reneged on the gift. So we've got the um, the rain is just everywhere and the, the rain's coming through the roof at Moe's. It's dripping into the glasses and also into Barney's mouth. Hey, no enjoying it. Then we get Kent Brockman doing Stormwatch 6 
and he asks for an explanation on why is this happening from Professor Frank and he just gets some absolute just dribble. So he just doesn't even like, acknowledge the, the answer, just goes, hey, Krusty, how about your lighthearted take? <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> he has sold all of his jokes to, now this is a data joke, sold all to Jay Moore. Jay Moore, that's a name I have not heard in a long time. I, it's funny. I, for some reason, he came up on my YouTube algorithm yesterday. Yeah. Um, there was a... Um, Five best Christopher Walken impersonations. Okay, yeah. And, of course, Jay Moore's in there. Like, hey, that's where that guy went. YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube algorithm. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's um, he's not exactly high profile these days. I'm not exactly sure what Jay Moore's doing. Well, let's have a look, shall we? Because I used to like the – I used to to enjoy any kind of sitcom, right? Even, like, the really shitty ones. I used to just like all sitcoms. I'm thinking of – yeah, yeah, Jay Moore. There we go, yeah. So his sitcom, what was it called? Um – let me have a look. See what he's doing. I'll see what he's doing now. I'm pretty sure he does like sports radio, doesn't he? He hosts his own I podcast, so. more, more Stories, on the Smodcast Network. Well, there you go. It's a big deal. Since oh, September okay. 2015, he hosted Jay Moore Sports, a daily midday sports radio talk show on Fox Sports Radio. He left Fox Sports Radio in 2016 to pursue acting ventures and was nominated for a primetime Emmy as the inaugural host and executive producer of Last Comic Standing. To the best of my recollection, he wasn't a bad actor. He was a, there was a stage in the 90s where it was like, oh, you know, we're throwing these SN because he was a Saturday Night Live cast guy. Mm. But they're like, oh, we're throwing SNL guys' roles. Let's see what this guy can do. And, you know, he was great in Jerry Maguire. He had a you know sort of a supporting role in Jerry Maguire as Tom Cruise's like um, protege turned betrayer. Uh, and I think he was in some rom com with Jennifer Anderson. I thought this guy's actually pretty good. It's not too bad. But then was it Picture you know, Perfect? He was Picture Perfect. I remember that movie. I remember, I remember enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but now he's. <laughs> Now he's in YouTube recommendations. <laughs> Indeed. And he's got a couple of uh, wise guys on a podcast going, whatever happened to Jane Moore? <laughs> well, the most recent thing I've got here was that he is divorced. So, oh, and he remarried. So congratulations, Jane Moore. But the show I was thinking of was um, Gary Unmarried. That was the show that I used to watch. That's- I remember for a couple of seasons, yeah. Yeah, good title. Yes, it was a very good title. All right. I think they, work- I think they had the title and they worked backwards from that. But uh, we're at home. And Marge, uh, her hair is getting dripped on, and she eventually wakes up. That would be super annoying. I, I've only been waking up once with someone pouring water on my face, and I freaking hated it. It was so infuriating. Has that happened to you? It was, and what it was was I went out to me. for I went out for a couple of drinks with a mate. We met these girls. We went back to, and stayed at their place. And I'm just laying in bed, and all of a sudden, one of them just like tipped water over my face like the following morning, and they all just like laughed and ran out. And I was like, I'm not going to yell at you because that would be inappropriate. But man, am I pissed off right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep this to myself, but man, fuck you. <laughs> I was not happy at all. Uh, but Homer, he uses, I actually like this. I thought this is quite ingenious. The Hot Wheel setup. Ingenious is exactly the word that I wrote. Yeah. I've written down here, pretty ingenious, yeah. Homer. So, a couple, couple of wicked ass turds. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sucks that, you know, everyone's ragging on him from then on because it's like he starts off the episode in a really positive way. It's like, yeah, admittedly, the roof should be fixed, but as an interim solution, getting out, breaking out the old scale electrics or whatever it is, or what was it called? The, oh, just hot Cause wheels. Cause I had some, whatever they call I just call it hot wheels tracks. <laughs> likewise. I had this back in the day, especially with the loop. Yeah. Like, oh, if you, and if you made it, it, it made your day. If oh, you could make a car loop. Cause it was hard to make the loop. You had to get enough speed, oh, yeah. but not too much speed that you went flying off the track. It had to be just the perfect yeah. velocity. You usually had to choose the right car as well. Yeah. out of your hot, fl- hot, hot wheels fleet. Oh man, good times! I'm still, I'm, I'm having a vivid flashback to my single-digit days with my Hot Wheels track and my little hot rod. <laughs> Fantastic. 
<laughs> so yeah, props to Homer because this was a, as we said, an ingenious plan that uh, unfortunately it was a bold move. Cotton, let's see if it uh, works out for him. Didn't quite. Well, it, it didn't, and that wasn't really his fault anyway. So Lisa's hamster goes down, goes flying out the door. Uh, Good visual. Yes, it, great visual with the, with the hamster, <laughs> and it breaks the track. I, I, I just got here. This is this is pretty cool. Margin accuses Homer of not being much of a father for not being able to keep a roof over their heads, and I'm like, hey. Of all the shit that this guy's done, this is what you had him for. <laughs> but you know, yeah, like Marge, is, yeah, Marge is coming out all guns blazing yeah. early in this episode. I'm like, you're not what? much of a father. And I'm like, what? You know, Homer, I let a lot of things slide. But when you can't keep a roof over your family's head, you're just not much of a father. I was going to have my classmates over for a homework party, but now my refreshments are ruined. Goodbye, college. He was supposed to be in a show and tell this week. <coughs> That's not going to happen. Maggie's teddy is full of water and the cat is sinking into the kitty litter. Oh, what does Homer say at this point? Stupid cat or something like that. I don't know. But That seemed like a weird edit. It was, wasn't it? It was like we saw that. It took a really long time and then it cuts back to Homer. It's like, were they standing there watching it? I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite get that. No, no. But Homer goes to Moe's and they're throwing the surprise party for Lenny. But Lenny hasn't arrived yet. And we got Stephen Hawking there. He's a new owner of Little Caesars down the street. So is their slogan <laughs> something like pizza, 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 pizza or something? The slogan is just pizza, pizza. They got a little cartoon Caesar going, pizza, pizza. Okay, then. I'm just like, there has to be something why they just keep having pizza, pizza, but then button stuck. I thought it was very good. <laughs> I did, yeah. I mean, I don't want this to sound like I'm. Oh, Stephen Hawking, what a good sport! But I just, I dig that you know he's willing to do just about anything for the sake of the gag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Homer, he then accidentally ruins the surprise party for Lenny. Stupid Homer hating family. At least there's one place I'm always welcome. He's a jolly good fellow. Oh, guys, this is just what I needed. This ain't for you, Sweatstain. It's a surprise party for Lenny, thrown by his closest friends. So what's Stephen Hawking doing here? I live here now. You're looking at the new owner of the Little Caesars down the street. Pizza, 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 pizza. Sorry, that button sticks. So why didn't you invite me? We couldn't tell you ahead of time because you'd spill the beads. I wouldn't ruin a surprise for Lenny. Surprise? What surprise? Oh, way to go, Homer. Oh, it's six years planning down a drain. I'm sorry. I'll just sit over here until you stop being mad at me. Oh, great, Homer. I bake a cake shaped like Letty's favorite bar stool, and you wreck it. Well, I can see I'm not wanted here. Wait, Homer, don't go. Okay, beat it. Who wants ass frosting? No thanks. I'm on Atkins. I have ruined a surprise party before, and it is the worst <laughs> feeling. Have you ever have you ever had a surprise ruined for you or ruined a surprise for somebody else? I'm pretty sure I've had surprises I've had a surprise ruined. Did you pretend that you didn't know? Yeah, but I get the feeling that people will probably say, I don't think he's as surprised as he's making out. <laughs> I, think, I think he might be ginning up his surprise here a little bit. We've got Jenna Jamison in a birthday cake for his birthday, and he doesn't seem surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me, though, saw that coming. what happened for me was it was an ex of one of my best friends. This is many moons ago when I was like 17, 18 maybe. And she just <laughs> sent me a message once saying, 
do you want to come paintballing for Matt's party? And I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. I said, do you want me to invite our other friend, Michael? And she goes, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great because I don't have him on Facebook. I was like, cool. So I added, uh, I invited Michael. Michael was like, cool. And then Michael messaged Matt, the friend, like the day before and said, hey, what time's your party tomorrow? And he was like, what party? But she didn't tell us a surprise. She just said, hey, do you want to come to Matt's birthday party? Hey, don't oh. tell anyone it's a surprise. So she then like cracked the shits of me and said, I don't want him coming to the party. He's ruined the party. We can't do the party anymore. I'm like, and my friend Matt's like, we can do the party. It's okay that I, that I know it, first of all. Did you tell him it was a, a surprise? He should have known it was a surprise. How was I supposed to know it was a surprise? So I was just like so angry. So what I did was we're at the paintball and I saw her and she was aiming for somebody else and I lined her up from about three feet behind and went, bang, 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 lined her up good. That'll, that'll teach her. <laughs> you lit her up. <laughs> Taught her a lesson, good and proper. <laughs> but honestly, though, your thoughts. If someone says, hey, do you want to come to so-and-so's party? Yeah, sure. Can you invite someone else as well? Yep, let's do that. And that's it. Am I supposed to assume it's a surprise party? If you don't include the word surprise before party, I'm going to assume it's just a party. Exactly right. So how is, that, how is it my It's called fault? a surprise party for a reason. So you, should, you should have known. I'm like, I don't think any normal thinking person would have just assumed that a party is a surprise unless you say it's a surprise party. Anyway. Party. Yeah. Rant out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, had, have you ever <laughs> had a surprise party? I've never had a surprise party for myself ever. I've surprised Nicola once. Well, it's funny. With Nicola's surprise party, I remember I said to her, um, I'm taking you out for dinner. I said, go, and I remember I forgot I said to her, go get a booby dress, just as a joke, right? Just like just like a, a cleavage dress. And then she was like, okay, sure, whatever. And her friend took her out and she gets home and she's just wearing this flat out like boob dress, just like push ups. And I'm just like, oh shit. And like, everyone's like, surprise, whoa. <laughs> we, got, we got surprised. And she's like, surprise? <laughs> but yeah, have you ever had a surprise party? I never have. Mm. I right. think enough people know the know the urban legend about you know you're rocking naked or something like that. It's like eh, guy would probably do something like that. Let's let's not have a surprise party for just us. walking, just windmilling, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> doing the baby elephant walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll give the lovely Louise a heads up. Maybe we can surprise one in the near future for you. Maybe. perhaps for um. I oh, know you're. Are you fifty yet? You are fifty, aren't you? Oh yeah. And then some. And then some. Yeah, I always forget. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. Oh, it's because I'm young at heart. Yes. So uh, so Lenny, uh, his surprise party has been ruined. Everyone's angry at home, and I just absolutely love that. I, I, I make a cake of Lenny's favorite chair, and you go and sit <laughs> on it. I thought, it's just so good. Uh, but then, as we were saying earlier, before he goes out, they scrape the ass frosting off, and Hawking says he doesn't want any because he's on Atkins. Hoban then plans to invent the best-tasting cola and share it with no one because no one's been nice to him lately, but the... Ingredients fly out the window. Weren't they yeah. just like syrup? <laughs> the very incomplete recipe just flies out the window. What was it? Sugar, water, syrup, or something? <laughs> syrup, something yeah, like that. Yeah, black flavoring. And then he sees a sign, and it's for Hooters, but it's not Hooters. It's Knockers. Uh, <laughs> welcome. I was going to say welcome, rowdy drinkers. I think that's what the um what the sign says. But I love the so to, you know enjoy enjoy everything. I'm sure you'll find something you like. Stares at her boobs. Hey. No looking at waitresses, enormous <laughs> press. I've never been to a place like like Hooters or anything like that. Have you ever been to a place like that? I feel like I would feel particularly uncomfortable. I feel I've been to a strip club like three times in my life, and I felt uncomfortable every time. I'm like, you don't need to take your clothes off. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you not to. <laughs> Here's some money for medical school. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm outing myself as a major perv here, yeah. but uh, um, first of all, look, I've been to a few strip clubs in my time, and it's like, okay, these these performers Another are to remove the. <laughs> <laughs> A plus, <laughs> capital knockers. Um, <laughs> like, these performers are here to remove their clothing and I am paying for that service. Okay, I don't feel bad about that. Having said that, going to a place like Hooters, which is essentially, it's a restaurant, right? Yeah, and they don't I mean, actually have, it's no nudity, right? It's just women No, with it's light just boots. short shorts and tight shirts. Yep. Yeah. There I would feel weird, you know, or, or just kind of... You can, it's you can put a coat on and just bring me the bring me my fries. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, bring me my. That, that's what I mean. I, I feel like I'll be like, uh, am I supposed to look at your boobs? Am I supposed am I supposed yeah. to tip you for wearing that? I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, so how much objectification am I actually meant to be doing here? Yes, anyway, because <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you. But at the same time, I'm of I'm of a mind that you know the shift is going to end and they're all going to be out the back, sort of divvying up their tips and like. Do you see that uh, that bald guy on table seven? You know, he was trying to be all polite, but I could tell he was sneaking beaks and boobs. What a creep. You know, Didn't like, even tip me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and look at his shit-ass tip. It's like it was a piece of paper saying, listen, a four-finger discount. <laughs> I remember going to – we went to a place in, uh, in New York. Was it New York? Maybe it was in California. I can't quite remember. Nicola and I. And it wasn't like a Hooters or anything like that. But it was mostly girls, all the waitresses, and it was like it's like a like a bucks night or something like that. And they all had um, shirts on that said "Tips for Tits," and I was like, "Oh, now I feel so dirty being around you guys." <laughs> this is always death. <laughs> it was not good at all. I was just going, "Oh, how could you wear that and be like proud that you're wearing that anyway?" But the um, mm-hmm. the barman has he's lost lost an eye last night, which is actually a good payoff for later on because he's still getting used to um, seeing with one eye. Homer is sad, he's got no friends, and then Ray Magini appears with nachos. And as you were saying earlier, Ray Romano absolutely nailed this role. I thought he was really good at just being that mm-hmm. that best buddy. It just, it just felt like Ray Romano, didn't it? Yeah, and it's it's funny. You can't tell if Ray Mangini is like, um, is he dumb? Is he as dumb as Homer? Or is he just like, a, is, is he, he d- going to rip Homer off somehow? Like, this seems too good yeah, to be true. Or is he just yeah. a nice, easygoing guy who's like, eh. Yeah, well, this this guy seems nice enough. Yeah, I'll just hang out. You can't quite get a handle on him, but he just seems super friendly and super nice. Yeah. I don't have a friend in the world. Look at the size of that nacho plate. I haven't seen this much melted cheese since I left my Billy Joel albums out in the sun. <laughs> the sun. Hey, you want to split this? Wow, it's been so long since I've been with someone who doesn't know what a selfish pig I am. Mine. Oh, move your head. I could just. Hey, my name's Ray. Ray Magini. Ray, you know me better than anyone. How can I get my wife to love me again? It's me. I'm no marriage counselor. Just a licensed and bonded roofer. I. The only thing I've got here though is you built up sympathy for Homer in this episode with the you know because it wasn't Homer's fault that surprise party. No one's being nice to him. It's not really his fault. The roof's caving in. I know he could have fixed it earlier, but it's not like it's. His fault, the roof is breaking. So I was kind of feeling sympathetic towards Homer, but then you go and throw it all, all out the window with him saying, it's been so long since I've been with someone who doesn't know how much of a selfish pig I am. And then he steals all the food. And I was like, you didn't really need that. Because like this no. Ray Magini guy's being nice to Homer. Can't they just be best friends? Can't you just sort of throw that jerk ass side of Homer away for now? Like what? what? The, scene, the scene and story didn't need that bit, in my opinion. 
That's very correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, I must admit, yeah, some of my sympathy for Homer was lost when he was like, that, that, that's too much nacho. Yeah. Go, divvy it up, 50-50. And it made, it made the relationship feel a little bit unrealistic. And if someone, if someone did that, why would Ray want to be friends with this guy anymore? But if Homer was just yeah. being nice- and Ray, and because they were similar in what they enjoy and things like that, like beer and nachos, if they're just being nice to each other, sure. But the fact that Homer was just an absolute dick to him for no reason, I was like, ugh, ugh, we don't need this. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so he realizes that Ray, because he's a, a roofer, he can fix the roof, and he makes the calculation in his head that fixed roof equals happy marriage. Wait a minute, did I do that right? <laughs> fixed roof equals <laughs> him being president. <laughs> and then him doing the slam dunk. <laughs> that was a very, very... 90s and 2000s thing, the breaking of backboards. Yes. I've never witnessed one live, but it always looks like it would be somewhat scary being there in person, seeing it just a, a backboard just go, kablamo! Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, look, a, a spectacle for sure, but uh, doing it yourself would like, smack. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> I'd like to think I'd be cool like LeBron James's go, or, you know, Michael Jordan go, yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, baby, I know it. <laughs> I'd be more like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they decide they, get, they need a song, a, a theme song for, for their relationship. They wait for what's next on the jukebox. Do it to me one more time. Oh, one more we'll t- just wait for the next one. I woke up to find an owl eating a mouse on the pillow next to me. I think that means six more weeks of autumn. It means you have to fix the roof. Don't worry, honey. I found us a roofer last night. And you'll never guess where. Knockers on Route 98. How did you know? I'm psychic. Look, I don't know if I want a roofer who hangs out in bars. You're right, Marge. I guess I should look for roofers at poetry slams and yoga retreats. High five! Nah, I got standards. I don't hand out high fives like chiclets. Ray would high five me. Well, he better high five our roof. Yay, Mom! Zing! And Marge says she's taking the kids whilst Homer does the roof to go see Grandpa, the dog to the V-E-T, and Bart to go be C-I-R-C-U-M-C-I-S-E-D. And I was like, wow, that's a really weird thing to be doing to Bart at this age. Like, they're not Jewish? It, What's going on here? It so is. Now, I'm trying to remember when I was... There was a... a I remember this because it was such a weird thing to have happened, but there was like a, a flurry of stories... And I think it was in the early 2000s or the late 90s where you had some guys who had been circumcised at birth who were basically getting all up in arms about it saying, it's a, it was a violation of my body. I didn't ask to be circumcised and now I feel incomplete. I'm like, dude, really? Cleaner. <laughs> I say this as someone who you know, got the snip or the- I was snipped when I was born as well, yeah. Yeah, at a, at a young age, like- I, Quite frankly, prefer it. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, all these people say, no, it reduced the sensitivity of my member. It's like, I don't know, mine feels pretty sensitive. (laughs) Can I tell you, I'm pretty relaxed. Sometimes too much so, said the lovely Louise. (laughs) That was was it. Anyway, sorry. There we go, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was really odd to include that. I was like, why is this happening right now? Anyway. But Ray then appears suddenly once they've left. So they're playing up, almost playing up here. Oh, is he real? Is he not? But did it ever enter your mind throughout the episode that he was imaginary? I remember the first time no. I watched it, not once did I think that at all. I never thought he was imaginary. No, no. <laughs> so then he, uh, he explains to Ray that he only bought this home for the view of the um, of the billboard. And one day that bowl will overflow and I'll be there. He then They then arrive at the old folks' home. 
And uh, this is actually really good. I should include this in my in my um, favorite moments. Okay, kids, we only have time for a quick visit to Grandpa. So as soon as he feels loved, we're out of there. Oh, he must smell leftovers. Please, we call them senior citizens. <laughs> that was such a good line. <laughs> but it was awesome. So the um, it causes mayhem in the um, in the room. The dog does, but he makes them happy. There's something about a dog. It can just make a tie an entire room brighter, can't it? It's just like oh, it's like a, it's it's a dog. Everyone smile. It can indeed. <laughs> I was uh, not quite house sitting, but um, friends of ours were away for the week, so mm. I was going over, and they've got chooks in the backyard, so I was collecting the eggs, feeding the chooks. But they also had two dogs that I would. You know, take for a walk, feed, all that kind of business. Now, on the second last day, I was a bit late getting there to take them for a walk, and I get in, and there's dog shit on the floor. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 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 Luckily, luckily, um, wood panel floors, not a carpet. But I could just, I would love to just the visual of you having to scrub shit out of carpet. Oh man, it was bad enough getting it off the off the tiles and the wood pan and the and the, and the uh, floorboards. It's it's a, that, uh, that initial like, all right, I'm going in. <laughs> when you pick it up, dog shit. It's like, oh, and if, even when you got a bag bet- between your hand and the shit, it's like I can feel it. It's warm. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> lovely dogs, lovely dogs. But I was like, man, you fucking dogs, you couldn't have fucking waited. <laughs> and Kick it out and the door. one of them. They, this this sweet border collie named Buddy. Uh, when I was leaving, Buddy had gone off to the bathroom, was sort of curled up and sort of looked at me with a real face. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean to yell at you. It's like, well, if you <laughs> yeah. kept your schedule, motherfucker, I wouldn't be shitting on this hardwood floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, I gave Buddy a pat. But, uh Oh, yeah, I felt I just felt so terrible for yelling at the dog. I, I, I've yelled at Jed a couple of times. The last time I properly yelled at him was when we had just had the new Flywire screen door installed on the house. And I'm talking that day, right? And then my mum was coming to pick up Elliot, and Jed got so excited because he's not used to a door being there. And when you're looking at it from a distance, you can sort of see through it. So I guess he just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. He just jumped. I've never seen him do this before. He jumped. Airborne, through, hit the door, door off its hinge, boom, burst, breaks the lock, smashes into the brick. So it was like one hinge was off, it smashes into the brick wall of the front of the house, snaps the lock. And I'm like, I lost my shit. I was like, what the fucking hell is wrong with you? You've never ever in your life done this. You've always just sat there, waited for my parents to walk in. The one day we get a door, you run, leap into it, full body weight, and smash it off its hinge. I'm like, what is happening? And then afterwards, I was like, <laughs> He's my best buddy. Why did I yell at him? Come back here. Treats. Just have have, have all of them. Have all the treats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it twigs his own. It's like, oh, he's a dog. Yeah, he doesn't get it. And then he looks at you like, I'm really sorry, man. I'm like, I'm sorry too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We we wholly understand the, <laughs> the residents of the retirement village getting all, oh, it's a dog. I mean, when, like, when it's tugging on Jas- Jasper's beard. Jasper's yes. beard. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful, they, and they <laughs> th- th- this little side story I really enjoyed. I thought they, I wish they had done more with it, with it like him making making the dog old and things like that. I thought that like the follow up <laughs> scene with the dog being old and Lisa and stuff was great as well. But we'll get to that. So the do- yeah, the dog's making everybody happy. And can we keep him? Can we keep him? How long? Oh, not long, just until we die. So Homer and Ray are now having a nail war, and they shoot Flanders' mower, 
and then no, Flanders has one in every neighborhood. So at this point, I'm watching this going, Flanders can't really see Ray. Hmm. I wonder if I wonder if he knows he's there. But anyway, so then he gets the beeper. Uh, says he, my kid attempted something. I hate how these things cut off. And I was like, oh, two suicide gags in one one episode. Boy, boy, howdy. <laughs> oh. I didn't think it was like kid attempted suicide. I thought it was like, oh, my kid's built something that I go, go, I've got to go and have a look at. No, it. it's definitely a suicide gag. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, my kid, clearly, see. Well, you know, you, when, when you ever hear something, my kid's attempted something, it's usually attempted suicide, right? Attempted murder, guess, attempted murder yeah. or attempted suicide. Whenever do you hear the word attempted? <laughs> this is a very good point. Now I'm feeling kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think, that's, that- I think that's what they were going for anyway. But I could be wrong. It, it, that, that sounds, yeah, that sounds, that makes more sense than what I was thinking. I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. Damn, my kid attempted something, i got to go. Uh, by the way, I like also what Ray said beforehand, which was like, that's what I like about you, Homer. Everything impresses you. <laughs> it's great when you find that one person just seems to just like you for you. Even the, if, and, yeah. and the things that everyone seems to hate you for, it's like, oh, you like me for these things. This is yeah. awesome. This is just shit that I do. Yeah. What, you're impressed by this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like our listeners, they listen to the show. It's like, you're impressed by us talking? What? <laughs> it's like, we're not impressed. We just feel sorry for you, so we, we download. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him. <laughs> Homer then falls through the roof as Ray leaves. Marge arrives. Why is the hole even bigger? <laughs> uh, sorry, this is where he explains that Ray could be the one, his best friend. And, um, you know, we finish each other's sandwiches. And I was like, huh. I had never heard that line before until I watched Frozen. And there's a, lo- a song in Frozen where they say, we finished each other's sandwiches. I wonder if they got that line from this episode. I've, or was that a term? We finished each other's sandwiches. I've heard it in Arrested Development. Well, this was before that. Okay. Because Arrested Development was 2004, wasn't it? Mm, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure when it started, but uh, I'm pretty sure that Michael Serra as George Michael was saying something like, we finish each other's sandwiches. Oh, 2003 to 2019. When did this air? 2005. So maybe that, yeah, probably Rested Development probably came up with it. Rested Development, what a show. That's another but show we need to tackle one day. I think we might. Get enough to. patrons. The patrons want to hear it. We can we can do it exclusively for patron. Patrons, listen up. Listen up. Would you like Dando and Guy to talk about Arrested Development? Mm-hmm. Think it over. Let us know. Let us know. Um, but honestly, that's such a good gag. They'll be surprised if it wasn't used even before Arrested Development. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. This is right. <laughs> we finish each other's sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good joke. I just love here. So they go to clip the dog. He's now aged. Oh my god, he's become one of them. And they have to take him away, make him feel good again. <laughs> then Lisa's just right after Pat Sajak. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> we used to be big fans of Pat because we used to watch Wheel of Fortune. It used to be on. It used to be on. Um, on Foxtel here, then they stopped showing it. And it used to be on Netflix for a while, and they stopped showing it as well. I've always been a big the fan. American Wheel of Fortune. American Wheel of Fortune, yeah. I've always been a big fan of Wheel of Fortune. Ever since I was a kid, I think it just, it's just—it's almost like the comfort. That and Price is Right, the comfort viewing game show for me. I used to watch it at Nan's place before mum would pick us up, you know? I think I was more of a Family Feud kind of guy. Family Feud was good game. as well. But then we got the um, the newer version with that. What's that? Who was a new host we had? And he was, he was kind of a like little a, guy. Yeah. Grand Daniel. Grand Daniel. He was okay. But he was, um, I don't know, you know John Burgess. <laughs> Few people are Baby John. I yeah. know, right? And um, Pat Sajak. Yeah, I thought that was really good. By the way, for international listeners, Baby John Burgess, or just Bond, John Burgess. For some reason, people called him Baby John, even though he looked like a really big dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, like He was American. our Pat Sajak. 
It was our Pat Sajak or yeah. um, our and Adriano Xenides was the um, was the was what, our Vanna White. Vanna White, yes. <laughs> Homer and Bart are now walking to Builders Barn, and viewers on YouTube will be wondering what the hell happened to their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we had to hit the pause button, guys, because it was just too crazy at my house yesterday. So we went, look, let's just take a break and we'll reassess tomorrow, which is what we're doing now. But as we said, Homer and Bart are walking into, I think it was called Builder's Barn. I want to go with Builder's Barn. And then Homer was discussing the story about the old man Johnson who used to have, have like a, a hardware store of his own until this big conglomerate took over and he hung himself. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> dark. Yeah. <laughs> A bit of dark stuff in this episode. Yeah, yeah. You get a bit of dark stuff in this era of The Simpsons. But what I did like was that it reminded me of Saturday mornings. Dad would go, we'll go to Bunnings? Yep. Now I used to always go. I just enjoyed just getting out of the house. It was like sort of like a tradition. Saturday morning, going out to Bunnings. I don't think Dad even half the time knew what he was going to buy. It was just, we're going to Bunnings. We'll find something. But <laughs> Some was, people browse in bookshops. Some people browse in hardware stores. Exactly. Uh, but it was always the idea of, at least I know I'm going to get a Bunnings snag. Because the smell when you walk into Bunnings is one of the true delights of being living in Australia, is the Bunnings barbecue walking in. That smell, mm, 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 that's a good snag. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, and I'm very partial to a Bunnings snag because, I mean, that is your basic Aussie snag. I mean, they're, they're not going fancy. It's not a gourmet sausage. You may pay an extra dollar for some onion, but that's about it. That's that's all you're getting. Onions that's the about most- as fancy pants as you're going to get at the Bunnings car park. I mean, you can go to one of these, um, well, as I did uh, maybe the first time I met the lovely Nicola Dando. Yes, yeah. Um, it wasn't a bun- it yeah. wasn't a Bunnings barbecue, but it was a it charity was barbecue. Not. Yeah, no, but they'll you know the occasional butcher shop on your on your main street will like let's show some of our produce. So they'll you know, set up a barbie out front and it's like try one of our gourmet snags. And, you know, it's a gold coin gold coin donation. Old man Johnson. So you're getting something a little bit fancy then, but if you go to Bunnies, they've gone down to the supermarket, they've got piles and piles of your basic snags, cook them up, put them in plain white bread, bit of dead horse, that's tomato sauce to our um, international listeners. Bob's your uncle, or in my case, my father. <laughs> that was so Aussie. Bob's your uncle. I wonder if they have that overseas. Bob's your uncle, is that a term? I think it might be a UK term, isn't it? Okay, well, we you know we originated from the UK, so or, or, well, some of us did, not all of us did, obviously. But um, Bob's your <laughs> uncle. I do love that term. Bob's your uncle, indeed. But uh, no, you you are right. Nothing better than a Bunnings snag. Saturday morning, walking into Bunnings with Dad, get myself a snag. Obviously, I haven't eaten snags since I want to say year nine. I just went off them. I said, I don't want to eat sausages. I saw one of those. Vid- we watched a video in class where it was like, "This is what's in a sausage," and I was like. <laughs> I don't want to eat those anymore. <laughs> you clearly had some hippie teacher who was taking advantage of their position. Yep. <laughs> like, this will show those little SOBs. <laughs> <laughs> this will stop them killing the planet. Then he had us throw and <laughs> paint imagine- across famous artwork and, yeah, not happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're gluing yourself to uh, the wall of the National Gallery. No, we'll just glue the teacher to his chair. You've heard that story, right? <laughs> I have heard that story. <laughs> you, but you were doing it for a good cause, to save the planet. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, I'm just imagining you kids are like in the Gabbo audience or, sorry, the crusty audience when he's trying to beat Gabbo and it's just like, this is how a sausage gets made. Ah! <laughs> Don't worry, it still tastes good. Ah! <laughs> but anyway, we're getting back to um to Builder's Barn and Homer's in here and he sees Ray. Hey, Homer. Look, I just came down with a case of shingles. <laughs> What's in the box? Hey, I'm real sorry I never made it back yesterday. I hope we're still friends. Of course we are. Uh, if you want to be. Oh, 
I want to be if you want to be. It's that moment where guys have it where it's like you're not having like a lovey moment, but it's like a bromance moment where it's like, oh, I'll, I'll you know, I want to be a friend if you want to be my friend. You know? <laughs> no, no one wants to sort of say, I love you, man. That's like, I love you, man. <laughs> I, I had this a couple of, a couple of years ago. My good friend Mike, um, who I'd only met, I don't know, maybe five or six years earlier. He and I became quite good friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. You'll, you'll move in a social circle and you'll meet someone and it's like, oh, I think I like this person better than a lot of the other people in the social circle. This is not exactly the case, but I mean, it's like, oh, you're a guy I like a lot. And then he and his family uh, moved to Western Australia. And the last time I saw him, I was like, I'm not going to tell him I love him because yeah, I like him a whole lot. But it was like, I'm really going to miss this guy. <laughs> How do I express that without getting sounding like a complete sap? Did you bring him um, in for a big, a big squeeze? Or did you just give him the, the, the couple did, of taps on the back or did you squeeze him? How was the hug? It was not really a squeeze. It was more like a clap on the back, but it was certainly a hug. And It was more, more than just a my, tap. It was like an embrace for a moment. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a bit of an embrace. You could feel the warmth, yeah. you know, and um, neither Mike nor I were kind of the most um, demonstrative people when it came to our affections, but... Um, but I, I think it came through. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is what that reminded me of to some degree. Bromances are great. I just love it when you get drunk with your mates. It's like, I love you. It's, I remember when, um, when it was the grand final and you know, Chilonga just won this year, the AFL premiership. And I didn't go because I gave my tickets to my parents because I'd never been to a grand final. But my mates, my best mates, who I usually go to the footy with, were all there. And I caught them up and they're just like, we love you, Dad. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> See... Men are men are capable of you know not just having emotions but also even expressing them given yes, the, given yeah. the right circumstances and significant amounts of booze. One of the few positives of living in twenty twenty two, we're allowed to remote. <laughs> but Ray Ray um Ray has uh, found home here. They're having a, a conversation. You don't realise here that Bart can't see Ray. He just he just he, he keeps it to himself. But at this point, Bart's going, "What the hell is Dad doing?" Uh, so, but, yeah, as I said, Bart has hurt the squeaky voice team. Homer's then waiting on the roof for um, for Ray because Ray said he's going to come help out and help finish the hole. And he shows Marge the portrait on the wall that he painted of Ray. She's like, Homer, what do you think I'd feel when, or what do you think I'd react when you did this? There's yeah, something like that. He's painted Marge being angry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Homer's waiting for ages. And, and we've all had that moment where it's usually when you're out for dinner, it's like, he said he was going to come. He said he was going to come. But Marge uh, says he's not coming, coming for dinner. And she says, Ray isn't coming because he's not real. He's imaginary. He's in your head. And this is where Homer just, he does not, does not want to accept it. He's like, no, there's no way. And he ends up falling off the roof in a huff and a puff. We come back from commercial and Homer has been taken to the Calmwood Mental Institution, uh, Mental Hospital, I believe it's called, hospital. Something like that. Yeah. But they now treat March Madness. Yes. <laughs> and he's strapped to the bed. <laughs> like, just spits in Hibbert's face. <laughs> I, I, I love when someone spits in someone's face as if to say, fuck you. That's like, no, no, the only thing better than that is because spitting in someone's face is gross, but the whole spitting on the ground in disgust, I, I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't mind spitting on the ground. You, spitting in someone's face is, I would rather you punch me in the face than spit in my face. I oh, know, but I do love it when you're watching a film and the good guys, you know, being captured by the bad guys and they, they're saying, give us all the information and they're just like, and it's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, you got balls of steel. <laughs> That's true. It can be a very ballsy move. But, I mean, that, um, the, the gingerbread man spits in the face of Lord Farquaad and Shrek. What a, ball, what a ballsy move that was. <laughs> You're a monster. Make me. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the gingerbread man in Shrek. Oh, I just love Shrek in general. That's another movie we have to tackle in the Movie Guys podcast. In the no, we don't. Future. I hate it. Really? 
No. Oh, good. <laughs> no, but I remember. Oh, yeah, Georgia Catherine, our patron, she was disappointed that we said that we didn't like it. No, no, fucking, I love you Shrek. You liked it. I was like, eh, look, Shrek's fine. Shrek's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah. uh, because I wasn't, yay, Shrek. I think, yeah, some people took umbrage of that. Yeah, I think in our generation, we sort of, it was just, it was You're just very peak movie. We, we loved it. We're very protective of Shrek. We are indeed. But yeah, so Homer's in the in the hospital, as we said, and he's being treated because they all think he's crazy and they explain to him here, this is how, this is why we think you're crazy. So Bart says he sort of saw him talking to himself in um in the hardware store. Uh, Flanders says he couldn't see Ray on the roof when he said he was up there doing the roof. <laughs> Which makes him a, I guess that calls me a Raytheist. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I don't believe I saw him. And Le- Lisa explains here that Ray Magini is an anagram for imaginary. And I was like, that's pretty clever. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> if anything's going to convince you, it's probably that. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, then he sees uh, Ray on the roof outside the window, so he still thinks that he's crazy. Like, there he is, there he is. So it's time for electroconvulsive therapy. <laughs> Not exactly good stuff for comedy. No, no, it's kind of like you just really feel bad for Homer here because at this point when you're watching it, because you were probably watching this for the first time, did you think that, oh, shit, okay, Ray was imaginary and Homer deserved, not deserved, but needed to be helped? Or do you think, oh, no, no, this is all one big misunderstanding and he's being treated incorrectly? I think, I, I, I viewed it as, it's got to be a misunderstanding, right? I mean, yeah, there's got to be some reason. It's a comedy show, it's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be some reason why people aren't seeing, um, aren't seeing Ray. Yeah. Bart says, before you, um, before you get uh, electrified, could you hold my turtle and try and revive it? How did it die? I don't know. It was dead when I found it. I've, I have you ever seen like a, a found a dead animal like when you were younger? Oh like yeah. You, can you remember the first time you found like not just like a bug but like a proper animal like a cat or a dog or something? And it's like shit. <laughs> I don't know if this quite counts because there's not death involved, but near death. But I mean, I'm, I'm a huge softy when it comes to animals, except when I'm oh, yelling at them for shitting on the floor, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> is that the story that I told at the start of this episode that we recorded yesterday? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much has happened you, since you then. Felt, you felt horrible. Yes. <laughs> I did. I felt bad for poor old buddy. Um, but I'm a, I'm a softie when it comes to animals. And I remember when I was quite young mm. that, you know, a little bird had, um, like a really baby bird had fallen out of a nest or something. And it was just there on the ground. And, you know, it's got no feathers at all. It doesn't know what to do. Big ass head, and yeah. it's kind of like anyhow. It had been a it had been a uh, a rainy day, so it was just you know cold and miserable. And I'm like, I can't just let it die. What am I gonna do? And I was, I was trying to fashion a makeshift nest out of some shit. And yeah, you know, where's its mum? In the end, I just sort of like put together a little nest of leaves and grass and shit, and sort of put it in there. I think put a tissue in there. It's like. I've done all I can. Good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this story I tell you did not have a happy ending. <laughs> came back and was gone. <laughs> probably, probably eaten by our cat. Yeah, yes. I don't know. But, uh, but I think that, yeah, that's my first recollection of like, oh, no. <laughs> the circle of life. It's terrible. But see, I'm, I'm one of those people where I always interfere. I'm like, I know you're hungry, but do not harm that animal. <laughs> oh, Yeah. This happens at the lovely Louise's place all the time with uh, with their cat Lottie, beautiful cat, lovely, lovely, lovely. But it's, it goes outside and it's like, leave that mouse alone, yeah. leave that skink alone, yeah. leave that bird alone. Particularly mice. I mean, thoroughly little. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're pests, but you know, I'm feeling feeling sorry for this mouse who's just trying to get away, and the cat's just like, smack, yeah, smack, smacking around. It's like, just eat it. Yeah. 
Don't play with your food. Don't, this is good advice for children and it's good advice for cats. Don't play don't, with your food. Don't play with your food. But yeah, as we were saying, Homer's being treated because they all think he's crazy. Uh, then he eats the rubber-covered... What was it? It was, what was covered in Vaseline. The mouth guard. Ah, okay, yes, and he, he eats it. Yeah, so you don't bite your tongue off when you're getting electroshocked. Yes, and then, um, yeah, this this whole scene was just quite... I think because I, I remember this episode, obviously, so I knew what the ending was. Rewatching this scene, I was like, I just really feel bad. Like, he was just an absolute arsehole these days. He's, he's really pushing his uh, medical authority. I think, yeah, since... Uh, when When's the last time we saw Dr. Nick? When, did, when was Dr. Nick kind of... Wiped off the board. Doctor Nick, uh, I think he may have appeared recently for like one line, or maybe it was like a new episode I was watching. But um, yeah, yeah. Doctor Nick, he's not like he's not the wacky doctor anymore. Doctor Hibbert's just he's just not a moron, Dr. but he's just, just a really of, um, he's the face the, of medicine and good, good and bad, good and bad, well, depending most, what the story is. Bad. Yeah, real, that real, real, real. Oh, sorry, Homer, but recent historical evidence indicates that Robin Hood did not actually exist. Then it's six weeks later, and we, we love our sane dad, is the, the sign that the kids are holding up, and they're all just thankful that Homer's all happy now, and Homer's thankful that he, he's all sane. Hello, Homer. Ah, it's me! I see him again! Monster, you don't exist! Hey, no one calls me a monster and questions my existence. The awesome power of the human mind. I see Ray too. So do I. Uh-oh. Well, I'm not worried. You've already agreed not to sue me for anything. When did I agree to that? You did when I validated your parking. You didn't validate my parking. Check and mate. He didn't, they didn't explain how they didn't see Ray. So the man with the eye patch, he couldn't see him. He would have heard him. Doesn't matter. Let's just fucking move on. He, he couldn't see him because of the eye patch. That's what they're saying. He was behind yes. the chimney, so Flanders couldn't see him. Worshipping false eyeballs. Yes. Some good Flanders one-liners in here. Exactly. And then Hawkins explains a pretty elaborate explanation here with the black hole preventing Bart from seeing, uh, seeing Ray. And then they just get like Lisa, the voice of reason, to go, it seems feasible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little escape hatch, isn't it? It's like, yeah. well, if Lisa says it probably did happen that way. Marge's like, but I've got one question. Why did you start fixing the roof and disappear? I'm a contractor. <laughs> yeah, we're crooks. <laughs> I do love everyone. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> My friend, he is... um. He is going to be suing somebody. I won't say who, won't name any names, but he's going to be suing a particular contractor because they took 20 grand of his money and did a runner. What? Yeah, 20 grand. What? Didn't, didn't, oh they were supposed gosh. to do a particular thing. They didn't do what he asked. It was completely different and then just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> You're contracted to do a job. Yeah, exactly job. right. Exactly right. So then uh, as payback, Homer makes Dr. Hibbert fix the roof as he and Ray are just hanging out up there and having a good old time. And Ray gives a little plug for Everybody Loves Raymond. CBS, I think it was Mondays at nine is what he says. Enjoy it while you can. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. I know some people are really against it. They think it's pretty... They they don't like it because of the ending, the explanation from Stephen Hawking. But I just think it's fun. And I I enjoy seeing Homer have a best buddy who's not just Lenny and Carl. And it's a really good... Obviously, Stephen Hawking is always great, but a really good guest appearance from Ray Romano as well. Very good guest appearance by Ray. Uh, everybody loves Ray. If you don't, then you know what's wrong with you. Uh, as I said, yeah, it's why they cast Stephen Hawking, so they can have this really 
dumbass scientific explanation and lend a bit of a credibility to it. With a one-two punch of Stephen Hawking uh, explains it, Lisa confirms it, that's got to be the way. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from Don't Fear the Roofer, Mr. Davis? Uh, the best part of a cake is ass frost. <laughs> yes, indeed. I have plenty of ass frosting at, uh, at Holly's birthday party on Sunday. Oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, plenty of ass frosting in Geelong at the moment because the weather's just miserable. Oh, it's just terrible, isn't it? But I learned that that homeless guy on Rural Street, he isn't talking to himself. It's just a black hole. <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. It is round 16, but after round 15, the current leaderboard stood at this. In third position, Kyle Muldoon, clever Kyle, on eight points. In second position, we had Luke McKay and D. Al Gorman, both on 16 points. And in first position, two points ahead of the pack, is Philip J. Hawkins. All right, Mr. Davis, what do we have this week? So many good entries in the new name challenge this you, time you around. Can tell when epi- you can tell when an episode's good and people enjoy it because they, they always write in more questions and more new names and things. It's like people remember this. I just think people this one seems to stick out in people's memories this episode. So yeah, I was in, I was happy to see a lot of people um, contributed to the new names. What do we have? Well, it's so good we uh, had to give out honourable mentions not once, not twice, but thrice. But thrice. So <laughs> what a what a great uh, Burns quote that is. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> So, honourable mentions go to Cracked to the Rafters. Ooh, that's a, an Aussie reference there. We're packed to the rafters. Nicola loved that show. It was, it was nice. It's just sort of feel-good hey, feel hang television. Hanging out it? with the Rafters family. They're nice. Uh, Kyle Muldoon, clever Kyle, brought that one to us. Clever Kyle. Yeah, well done, Kyle. Mm, okay, then. Roof of Life. Roof of Life, another good one. That's from our man Luke McKay. He's done it again. Mm-hmm. And also Stark Raving Mad. Ooh, that's the four best syllables in the English language. D.L. <laughs> Gorman. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, then. Well, let's see who's actually got points yeah, this let's time. Yeah, let's do Because there's some big names in the honourable mentions. Mm-hmm. One point goes to Nobody Sees Raymond. Ah, oh, that's great. I really enjoyed that one. That one is from Adric McClough, which is their first appearance on the Guy Davis leaderboard. See, it's never too late, guys. Adric can now enter the wildcard draw at the end of the season just by getting on the leaderboard with that one single point. So well done, Adric. Congrats, Adric. Well done. Uh, two points mm. for Ray It Isn't So, or Ray It Ain't So, yeah, actually. Sorry, another good one. That's, um, well, of course, they always bring quality. It's D.L. Gorman with the two points. <gasps> Puts them equal first with Philip Hawkins on 18 points. Just come out of nowhere, haven't they? <laughs> DL. You, you can never count them out. Mm. Um, but three points. The gold medal goes to oh, Ray Me. Oh, I love that because that's one of my favourite Nirvana songs is Kurt Cobain's Do Ray Me. But it was never released as a single. It was like a demo tape. and it's just, But it's just awesome. Mm. I wish they had got to record a proper full studio version of Do Ray Me. Uh, uh, so we'll that just have is, to settle for the Von Trapp family singers version. Yeah, that is uh, ooh, a, a newbie to the another newbie to the Guy Davis leaderboard. It is Ashley K. Well done, Ashley. Ashley K. Ashley K. Two more well done, Ashley K. Two more members for the wild card draw at the end of the season. So, like we said, guys, never too late. Keep sending those new names in. You never know when Guy Davis may pick your name, chuck you on the leaderboard, and you get to go into the wild card draw. I think it's probably going to be out of either Luke McKay, Philip Hawkins, or D.L. Gorman this season because there's only about five episodes left and they're about eight points ahead. But you never know, Kyle, clever Kyle, may come through with the goods or Heath Appleby, Focus Jeffs are on seven. A couple of three-pointers. You never know what might happen. But like we said, 
To be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, you just got to be a patron of Four Finger Discount, supporting the show for as little as one single dollar. We do one dollar, and you'll get access to the Facebook group, and that's how you can contribute to the uh, leaderboard. And at the end of the season, if you're on the leaderboard or if you win, you get a prize for winning, or you go into the wildcard draw to potentially win a second prize as well. All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for some roofer mailbag. Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh. Don't forget, guys, if you have a question for us, it's no longer simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. I mean, you can still send them to there if you, if you like. I'm going to continue to, to, to check that for the for the foreseeable future. But I got access once again to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au after like 18 months. So mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au is the official mailbag now of the podcast. Once again, send in your emails. I went in there and man, did I have a backlog to go through. I, basically, I was just like, <laughs> first of all, Forgive the lateness of my reply. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, half, half of them said, Dear Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. What it was, I'll just pick one. It was, a, it was a nice message that was sent through from our man, Ryan Dunlap, a $20 patron oh. of the show. Thank you for your support, Ryan. Uh, Ryan says this. It's, thanks, Guy and Dando, and in brackets, and Mitch. It says, hi, Guy and Dando. Long-time listener, first-time stand-up-upper. I just spent the better part of a year listening to the Simpsons shenanigans of Mitch and you guys, and I want to thank you all for the laughter. My wife and I had a daughter last October. I'm a third grade teacher, and I'm currently working on my doctorate in educational administration. I've spent much time awake late at night being a dad, writing lesson plans, and working on coursework, and it's been great having you guys keeping me company (coughs) and sane. I have caught up on all of your Simpsons podcasts, and I'm excited to re-up my patron to get access to all the exclusives. Thank you again for all creating this awesome community, and I can't wait to catch up on the rest of your podcast whilst working on my dissertation. Smell you later, Ryan Dunlap. So thanks for the message, Ryan. We do love hearing from all you listeners out there. That was lovely. Thank you, Ryan. Congratulations on uh, being a uh, new parent. On everything. Well, on, on, and all your hard work, but especially... Uh, being a patron of this show, which of course <laughs> overshadows everything else, <laughs> to a number one achievement. But congrats and uh, and thank you very much. A lovely message. Yes, thank you guys. All right, let's get a question here. This one is from Andrew JP. If you could choose a current comedian to star in an Everybody Loves Raymond esque sitcom, who would it be, and what would be your pitch? Do you think Ooh. a who's the dude that was just that just recently broke up with um with Kardashian? What's his name? Oh, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Do you think he would, would could have his own show, or do you think he's he too- does, he, he's filming one at the moment? But is it but like a, a, a Raymond style show, like a sitcom? I don't think so. But it's, do you think it'd be too um, divisive? I, I think so. I, I, my take on Pete Davidson is like you're too young for me. <laughs> yeah, your humour is stuff that's foreign and strange to me. I don't I don't get it. You, I mean, you used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what's it is That's scary. very much the case. <laughs> but I think I've said on the show in the past, I imagine that for people my age, looking at someone like Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live, or he's not on it anymore, or maybe he's finished up, it would be like 20 years ago, or 25 years ago, uh, looking at Sandler. Sandler's you know, crew, yeah, definitely. What... what this guy, he's, he's just going, <laughs> which of course is comedy gold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, if I met Adam Sandler, but I would have to hear him say that in person. It's just, it'd be like one of oh, life's yeah. true delights. <laughs> Let's get him on the show. Uh, <laughs> just, to, just to, like Crossy, just do funny sounds into the microphone for half an hour. <laughs> But I imagine the people who grew up with, say, you know, Belushi or Chevy Chase or Bill Murray on Saturday Night Live probably looked at Sandler and went, 
Where? Yeah. I guarantee you a lot of people um, probably didn't like Robin Williams as well. That's probably the case. Yeah. Um, as far as an everybody loves Raymond style like sitcom, a, fa- a family style sitcom, a comedian you could do. A f- Are there any like wholesome comedians, comedians out there anymore? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of John Mulaney, as people okay. know. He's yeah. done a lot. He's done a fair few specials on uh, on Netflix. Although he's regarded as significantly less wholesome these days because people are of a mind like. Oh, this John Mulaney, he's a, you know, he's always going on about how much he loves his wife and all this kind of stuff. Except, you know, he, he said it maybe three times over the course of three specials or something like that. It wasn't huge, but people latched onto it. And then, of course, he left his wife and um, hooked up with an actress named Olivia Munn. And now they've had a baby and all this kind of stuff. So you've got a lot of very online people saying, oh, we hate John Mulaney Pe- now. He lied to us. People, like- people hate it when someone, when a, when a guy le- or leaves, or even a woman leaves their partner and goes to somebody else who's famous. It's like, fuck them. <laughs> like, <laughs> people turned on Chris Pratt when he got divorced. Don't you reckon? Really did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Mulaney strikes me as the kind of guy who who would be good with a sitcom, although he already did a sitcom called just called yeah. Mulaney, and it was, was the like worst thing ago, ever. It was worse, I th- really. I think it was da- no good? I downloaded like the first episode. I've had to keep it because I, <laughs> I need evidence that this thing is so bad. I need, I need to go back and revisit occasionally because it's like, what are you trying to do here? It's like it's didn't like he cre- didn't he create it and write it? He did. And I couldn't tell if it was like a Seinfeld style sitcom or a piss take of those sitcoms <laughs> because it was he was a he's a pretty funny guy. And this, but this is the most basic setup. It's like here's me and my wacky friends, and here's the girl that I know. I it, he he's got an Elaine. He's got a Kramer. He might have two Kramers. Um, he's got a wet, and he's got an old, older wacky next door neighbor. And I think Martin Short show, shows up in a couple of episodes, in, in for at least the first episode. And it was just so bad. I was like, I can't tell if you're taking the piss out of bad sitcoms or you've just made a bad sitcom. But it's it's so terrible. I'm trying. <laughs> Tell you it's funny. And actually, she, she has her own sitcom on, uh, I believe, ABC in Australia. Fisk um, is Kitty Flanagan. Kitty Flanagan. And yeah, Fisk and, is and, very funny. It's and very, she's it's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. And apparently, Fisk is really good. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently, it's great. It's got um, Aaron Chen, who's very good on the Have You Been Paying Attention show. I mean, that's my favorite show on mm. television. But Aaron Chen on there is really good. And I've heard that he's like the star of the show. I too have heard this. Um, it's, a, it's a good little ensemble of. Um, Kitty Flanagan, Marty Sheargold, Julia Zamiro, and Aaron Chen. Yep. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe uh, Eliza Schlesinger, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Fortune Feimster, I think, has just done a, a Netflix stand-up special as well. I think she she might... I'm trying to think who else. I think yeah. that's enough. There was a, 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 there was a band called Garfunkel and Oates, a comedy band called Garfunkel and Oates. That did. A, I've talked about them on the show in the past. Um, and they had a sitcom called Garfunkel and Oates for a while. I'd like, I'd was like it to called, see them was come it called You Make My Dreams, Mrs. Robinson? Is that a song? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> no. <laughs> but they were just um, uh, two single women trying to you know make it in Los Angeles and occasionally they would do comedy songs. It was it was like a female flight of the Concords. Okay. Five concords, but I've, I've just I've strayed very much from the. Yes. Um, it's not like where <laughs> it's not like an everybody loves Raymond sitcom. I'm trying to think. Um, did Andrew JP mention anyone? No, that, he didn't. Uh, but um, he, I think we've I think we've he answered, left the hard work to us. Answered, Thanks, Andrew. I think we've answered the question though. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, here's, here's a good one for you, Matthew Ong. I'm not sure what this really has to do with the episode, but anyway, this is for Guy. What's your most pretentious movie review? Can you remember when you were just you felt you got to the end of it and went, "Well, that was pretentious," and I'm damn proud of it. Oh golly, 
too many to count, uh, Ongi. I'm going to call you Ongi. Yep. Uh, actually, no, Matthew. Just call me Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> the Ongan. Um, damn it. I wish I'd, I'd – apologies, Matthew. I'm going to find you on social media and I'm going to provide you with a link to one of my most pretentious once I find it because I can't think of any off the top of my head because pretension was my middle name. I d- it's just part of being a reviewer though, right? It's just being a little little bitch. <laughs> First of all, get fucked. Not being a bitch, <laughs> being bitchy, I guess you could say. Sassy. Sometimes, certainly. <laughs> Sometimes, certainly. Oh, yes. Actually, it's funny. Um, Leonard Moulton appeared on... I bought the ET 40th anniversary 4K yesterday, and there's an extra couple of documentaries oh. on there. Leonard Moulton's in there discuss- discussing how he reviewed ET when it first came out. Uh, in 82, and how he said it should have won Best Film, but Gandhi won instead. And as soon as I saw Leonard Moulton, I was like, hey, Mecca Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you uh, did you get uh, E.T. on the, was it two for $40 sale? I No. So I was actually really angry. So a little sidebar, I'm in JB, and they've still got the signs up that say 20% off Blu-rays, right? So I get to the counter, and she goes, oh, sorry, that sale ended yesterday. And I went, but the sign's still up. She goes, oh, yeah, it shouldn't be up. I was like, but the sign is still up. Still she goes, oh, yeah, but if you read the fine print, it says it ended yesterday. I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess you're technically legally right, but it's pretty poor form to have those signs up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah um, we'll take it down. And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> that you haven't me. taken it down yet. And I just fucking grabbed <laughs> this 4K from the shelf right behind the sign that says 20% off. And in the fine print, it says, I'm like, I know legally I have no no ground here to stand on. But it's pretty shitty on their part. Yeah. Say, say I'm some guy, some rube who comes in off the street. 20% off. Good, yep. <laughs> Got to get that. <laughs> but the thing is, if I went to JB, I'd just fucking put it through. Who cares? Just put it through 20% pretty off. Mark. You can't sell these things yeah. anyway. <laughs> you should be paying me to take this off your hands. Yeah. Um, you've just... Do you think the, the... This is not at all about you in any way, Dando. Do you think the male version of a Karen is a Darren? Just, just because it rhymes. I think no. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if it was in Australia, it'd be Dazza, please. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, an Australia. Um, it's not really. It's just because it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted. I just wanted to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to talk about it. I just wanted you to laugh and let's move on. We're getting that um that Karen's restaurant in Geelong soon. The rude one. Oh, oh, I don't yeah, want to go because it'll make me feel horrible. They'll point out something about me, and I'll just focus on it for the next like month. <laughs> no, I'm not going. To, just give me my food. I said your ears are too small. I'm like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one more question. Let's do one more question. Uh, Ryan Dunlap. Hey, it's our man Ryan Dunlap. He says it's always great to see hey, Stephen Hawking, especially since he was a respected scientist. What's your favorite Simpsons cameo from the last person that you would have expected to make an appearance on the show? For him, it would have been all the cameos in How I Spent My Summer Vacation, which was the Rolling Stones, Lenny Kravitz, and so a cameo from someone that you wouldn't expect. Go. I'm going with Thomas Pinchon. Okay, yeah, because well, obviously you didn't like anyone to see his face, and the gag was he wore a bag. Um, yeah. What about um, Hoffman in Lisa Substitute? That's true, yeah. I'm wondering what sort of relationship you had with James L. Brooks and if that kind of, if, uh, you know, Brooksy called in some favours or something like that. He didn't even Although, use his real name. He used Sam Etic. Sam Etic. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, that's a, it's, a, it's a really good one. And, it, and it, What season was that? Was well, that season like two. Fourth? 
Season two. Yes, right back. So, I mean, I, mean, I, was, I mean, The Simpsons was the biggest show at the time, but he was also one of the biggest movie stars at the time. He didn't have to do it. I mean, even like Danny DeVito being Bart's, uh, Homer's brother, that's another yeah. big one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it gives the show an instant sort of shot of credibility. Um, I'm, I'm still going to go with Thomas Pynchon. I think that's a really, that's a, a, a great get. I know one of my favourite gets ever, and it's Adam West as Adam West saying, pure West. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that is great. I'm surprised you didn't say the billionaire tyrant himself. Oh, why didn't I say that? I left that for you. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch, what a what a get! All right, that'll do for the mailbag, guys. For how uh, for what was this episode? Don't fear the roofer. The next episode of Four Finger Discount is actually a really good one. I watched it, and it's got an appearance from Albert Brooks, and it's just Albert Brooks being Albert Brooks. I um I I, I loved it. So uh, the next episode of Four Finger Discount, we are going to be reviewing the episode titled "The Heartbroke Kid." Basically, it's Homer uh, Bart gets addicted to snacks like lollies, and he gets fat. And he has to go to fat camp, and Albert Brooks is the the uh, the guy that runs the fat camp, and he's just one liner after one liner after one liner after one liner. It's it's Yay. so funny. I really really enjoy this next episode, so I'm looking forward to reviewing that. Do not forget, guys, to a rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Chuck us five stars on Spotify if that's how you listen to the show. Also, check out my new videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got like two thousand subscribers so far this week. It's boosting up. It's going really really well. So check it out. I just did a video on the lettuce trios for a thirty-three. I went and found all the Simpsons, the classic Simpsons references uh, in the final segment of Simpsons World for one of the videos. I did a segment counting all the death count throughout the entire Trials of, Trials of Horror 33. I've also just done one finding all the Simpsons, like Springfield references in uh, the Death Tome Death Note parody as well. So check all those videos out, uh, youtube.com slash discount. Follow us on Twitter at fourfingerpod for as long as it's going to be there because Twitter's apparently burning in hell now. That's what it seems like. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And you can also follow us on TikTok now at Four Finger Discount as well. Are we making TikToks? I'm I'm too old to make TikToks. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna be making TikToks of you, Mr. Davis. You're gonna be all over TikTok. You're gonna be TikTok famous, my friend. Oh God, I'm I'm gonna be the male Addison Ray. Hey, <laughs> as well, it's so new. I was gonna make sure it's four finger discount. Let me let me just double check. It's not four finger discount TV. Opening up here on my phone, checking it out. Go into my profile. It's four finger discount TV. So chuck us a follow on TikTok if you haven't already. We're gonna be putting up videos like clips from the show of us doing the show and just me hanging out with my Simpsons merch here and just just random Simpsons clips. So four finger discount TV on uh, TikTok as well. We're all over the place, Mr. Davis. Social media, we're dominating it. We're caught in the net. We're ticking and we're talking and we're hipping and we're hopping. <laughs> please, please no Bill Cosby style <laughs> talk. <laughs> we can't do that anymore. If you do want to hear our Bill Cosby impersonations, become a patient of the show. We have a, we have, no, we don't. We don't do Cosby impersonations, but we do do many exclusive podcasts, including Tales of Futurama, Guy on Springfield, revisiting classic episodes of the series, the movie guys, and more. And you can support the show for as little as one single dollar we do. If you all out there listened to the show or you supported the show for one single dollar we do, it would really go a long way to helping this empire grow. So check us out, patreon.com slash Four Discount. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Next week, Mr. Davis, we're going to be ta- tackling the heartbroke kid. This has been Don't Fear the Roofer. Any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Well, that's what I like, you amazing listeners. Everything impresses you. Shh.